A collective group of internet vigilantes have been driving some big market moves and other investors want a piece. But is this a way to build long-term wealth? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters is we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of February 1st, 2021, and today we're going to take a step back and discuss tactical trading. Ah, tactical trading. Hmm? When an investor moves money from one area of the portfolio to another taking an over-underweight position relative to its strategic benchmark. Exactly. And before we even get started, I just want to say that going overweight or underweight a strategic benchmark is not the same thing as shorting a stock. Um, Going underweight your strategic benchmark means you still own the security or group of securities just at a lesser extent than your standard or your peers. Yes. But if we say we're overweight equities relative to our strategic portfolio, that is still a tactical allocation decision. Right. And the strategic portfolio is just a blend of assets that an investor has to achieve a goal, like 60% stocks and 40% bonds. Exactly. And recently, there's been a flurry of headlines last week. You'd have to be living under a rock to miss them about these newer retail investors who are treating stocks more like a spin of the roulette wheel than a long-term investment strategy to build wealth. Yes, but this actually goes beyond the soap opera drama between internet trolls and institutional hedge funds. Oh, it does? How? Well, it can be easy and fun, or at least interesting, to get caught up in the drama, but there's a couple of things I'd like to point out about this dynamic. First of all, The current meme stock madness is unlikely to be a good investment thesis for meeting your financial goals. But second of all, it raises a point that's actually really interesting for investors and advisors, which is when you have a view on the near term, let's say you think the economy is going to improve this year, but it's only one year in your 20-year plan, how do you express that view? Robert, I know you've done a lot of great work on this, so I'd love for you to walk us through your framework thinking about tactical investing. Of course, and uh, just for you, I'll have three things here. The first thing is risk. The second thing is diversification. And the third thing is breadth or a hit ratio. For our sports-inclined listeners, you can think of that as a batting average. I love it. Three things. I'm so proud. Uh, but, But actually, these are three great items. So let's start at the top. What do you mean by risk? Well, risk is key to investing. It's inherent in all types of investments. And in order to achieve your goals, you have to get that overall risk right. Too much risk, and you might face some downfalls. Too little risk, and you might not get enough return. This is really what drives your gains at the end of the day. No risk, no return. Lots of risk, lots of potential return. But there's also lots of potential downside in that case. So when we make a tactical bet, we have to keep in mind how much risk that tactical position is adding to a portfolio. For example, 
If I went 10% overweight equities relative to, let's say, a 70-30 stock fixed income portfolio, that could contribute as much as 2.6% of over or under performance relative to what my original benchmark was. That's a lot of extra risk over time. I know that 2.6% might not sound like a lot, but when you compound that over several years, that could make a really big difference. So a proper portfolio manager, when they size their tactical bets, will think about that number. How much risk is that adding? And is that appropriate for the investors that they're investing on behalf of? And how does it compare? Is it appropriate relative to their highest conviction ideas? Right. And I'm glad you brought up uh, compounding because that's key to building long-term wealth. You want assets that compound on each other. Um, But when you're making these bets, uh, you also have to make sure you get the timing right. So when you should start your overweight and when you should take your overweight off using that last example. Yeah. And as we've discussed in the past, market timing is really challenging and frankly, not advisable for the most part, but it's only one of the investment decisions that you have to make when you're making a, a tactical decision. You also have to know which region or strategy or asset class that you're adding or taking risk away from. And, and I, so I assume that leads to your second point on diversification. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. So essentially for diversification, what you mean here is you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Often there's many sectors or companies that will outperform at one time. Yeah. And, and that brings me to my third point, which is breadth of investment choices. And we've, we've talked about breadth before on the podcast. It's the number of investment decisions that you can make. All else equal, the more investment levers you can pull in your portfolio, the more likely they are to find things that work. Right, right. So I like to think about it this way. Um, Paul, one of our economists, says this a lot. He uses, he, he likes uh, baseball, so he uses sports analogies. But if you think about it this way, if you have a 300 batting average, that's a really good average in the major leagues. But you still don't just want one opportunity at bat. You want lots of opportunities to hit that ball. That'll give you the best chance of hitting the ball a third of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. But but putting these three things together, the balance of how much risk you're taking, where you're taking it in diversification, and then also making sure you get enough at-bats, so to speak, that's a lot of different factors to balance together. So how can you put that together for investors? What's the key takeaway? Mm. Well, you're right. Those are a lot of factors. And based on what we just talked about, our listeners might think that we don't believe in making a tactical bet. However, uh, we do believe that both active management, so stock pickers, and tactical bets, so asset allocators, can add value over time as long as they're implementing these views prudently. That's a really good point. But while we do believe in active management and tactical bets, the devil's in the details. In our own management of funds, we try to align long-term opportunities based on a lot of different factors valuation and where market sentiment is in the moment, momentum, which was a big topic last week. And then of course, the economic cycle. Indicators over the long term help us to identify the right exposure and timelines for adding or subtracting that exposure and the timing for getting in and getting out. Exactly. And it's important to recognize that these factors and these drivers of the market are non-stationary. That just means that sometimes they work and sometimes some of them don't work. So building wealth 
in this way takes a lot of time. You have to be disciplined and you have to be consistent, not just pulling the trigger on a single bet or gambling. That's a great moment to transition to our portfolio pause, a segment of the podcast where we discuss an investment idea. And whenever we're talking about building long-term wealth, we have to talk about proper portfolio construction and diversification. Oh, exactly. And that means just having the right blend of stocks and bonds across the spectrum of size, how big a company is, sector, what industry they have, and, and theme. And you have to put it all together in a package, a vehicle that won't take too many risks in either direction. Sometimes really low-risk assets like treasuries will do well. Other times, companies with high potential profit growth will do well. And other times, companies that were long considered down and out recover. And so it's important to capture all of these opportunities and possibilities at the right time. Yeah. And for a manager that's out there picking individual stocks uh, and bonds, it's important that they have good diversification and risk control in place as well. Having outsized positions or really big shorts can destroy wealth just as easily as it can gain wealth. And at the end of the day, a smart investor can find many companies with proven business models and good cash flows who reinvest those cash flows into growing their business or returning their cash to shareholders. Coming up next, two things I'd like to mention. The first is that despite all of the incredible internet memes and social media activity last week, my favorite internet trend of the week was Janet Yellen's foray into social media, which of course I would say. Um, But what I'm really watching when it comes to this week two things. First is that we get the jobs report on Friday, and I think we should expect to see further losses in the high-touch sectors of the economy, like services, restaurants, leisure, hospitality. But we are feeling confident about the recovery over the course of the year, so our hope is that these losses will be temporary. The other thing that I'm watching closely is that we might get some indications on how the Biden administration intends to parcel up or package the COVID relief Um, that they announced over the past couple of weeks. So very, very important for investors and top of my list. That's great. And I think we have a blog coming out just on that topic about some of the Biden administration's uh, policy objectives and agenda. Um, It's also earnings season this week to add to the list. uh, And it's the bulk of earnings season. So we're going to hear from a lot of companies. Some of those companies are going to be the big winners from the COVID pandemic. But in general, broadly speaking, Wall Street typically underestimates the recovery rate of companies when it comes to their sales and profits. So cyclical recoveries in the past have shown that strong revenue recovery and um, a a modest expansion of operating earnings can drive the market higher. We're closely watching what is happening uh, in terms of profit growth to get an idea of if this bull market can last. That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, let us know on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on the new website at newyorklifeinvestments.com and clicking on the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. 
Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.